Welcome to the Diversity at Work podcast, where we unpack what it's really going to take to close the gender gap in the workplace. Here is your host, leadership coach and diversity consultant, Andrea Jansen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. On this episode, I interviewed Olithia Pimenta. She is a registered therapist and the most innovative therapist I have ever met. We talked about fear in uncertain times and how actually the fear that you're experiencing right now might be something that you've already gone through before. She gave a lot of techniques to reframe what's happening with your fear and anxiety so that you can move forward, stay positive, and see opportunities and really thrive in this time of uncertainty. I'm so excited to share this interview with you today. Alethea, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited that we actually connected because the first time we met, we met, I remember thinking, she is the most innovative therapist I have ever met. So I'm so excited to talk to you today about coping in times of crisis and maybe even thriving in times of crisis. So before mm-hmm. we dive in, can you introduce yourself and tell me all about what you do? Yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. Thanks for having me here. So I am a registered psychotherapist. I have a completely online practice. My practice has been online for a while. And what I do is I really help support people who want to level up in their career. So I help clients kind of get stable enough with helping them in their anxiety, helping them in their relationships so they can actually do that next thing, which is doing the stuff they want in their life. So my clients are trying to move up in their career. They're either working in tech or they're working in having their own business and they really want to be able to move up in management. So I help them by really supporting the places that they're anxious or the places that they're feeling insecure so that if they're not coming from a place of fear, they can actually do the thing that they need to, that I can just get out of their way. I love that because, and why I think you're so innovative is is because a lot of therapy out there is about fixing, right? Like I have anxiety, Mm -hmm. I am broken. Mm -hmm. Once that is fixed, then I'm done. Whereas for you, it's like, no. And I know you use this language like peak performance. And that is your goal when you, whenever you work with a new client, it's like you take them, you meet them where they're at. And your goal for them is to get them to that level of peak performance. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I I usually say like, people come in and they've either had like a panic attack at work or they've experienced panic or really severe anxiety. And so, you know, I can take them from that place, but the place that we're going to is peak performance, right? And looking at what that means for them. But you can go to peak performance and be really anxious. You can be really successful, be really anxious and be really miserable, right? And it's like, okay, but is that what you want? Or can we go to being successful where you're feeling good in your body, you're feeling good in your relationships and you're actually feeling really supported? So I say, yeah, we can go from panic to peak performance. I love it. So I want you to describe, because we are in the middle of a big crisis, probably the biggest crisis of our generation. I want mm-hmm. to, you to take me back a month and tell mm-hmm. me what was going on for you professionally. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, things are really, you know, I feel like I'm not really impacted in terms of my work because this is the setup for me. So I have been working in my practice. I support my clients. Things are going really well. Uh, I also support other entrepreneurs and other therapists in kind of helping them grow their practices online. Uh, But for me, going back a month, you know, things were really good. I have a lot of energy and excitement for the new year and a lot of energy and excitement for my clients in terms of what we're going to be doing. 
And then when did things change? Um, you know, definitely things have changed right now in the sense that I can feel how what my clients are experiencing is also what I'm experiencing. So normally in therapy, it helps when, you know, I can focus just on my clients and say like, hey, yeah, you know, I can see what's happening for you. And like, let's slow down and let's look at this and let's look at that. But the things that my clients are experiencing are also the things that I'm experiencing. So really quickly, I had to support myself and kind of say like, hey, you know, what's happening right now? Because all of a sudden it can feel like there are all these new fears coming up for me, either about being in business or fears about how I'm going to support myself. And I've had to reframe really quickly and check in and say like, hey, you know, what's really happening? Because in the work that I do, I really have to be able to support myself first before I can go to the other person. And when something like this is happening, everyone's dealing with it, right? So today I'd love to share with your listeners some of the things that have been really helpful for me in supporting myself so that if this is something that you're struggling with, you know, this is a a reframe or a shift that you can offer, like you can try for yourself too. I love that, especially for anyone who's working right now and is working with people, just being there for your team is so important right Mm -hmm. now, whether you are in a formal leadership position or not, we are all, everybody's a leader. If you have influence, if you interact Mm -hmm. with people, you're a leader and dealing with that, getting yourself in check first before you help, you help others is so important. And I think things are changing like by the minute and especially people who are working in big companies, there's different information being thrown at them all the time and it is absolutely anxiety inducing. So tell me some of the things that are, that are showing up for you and showing up for your clients right now. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing that I would say is right now there can be a mindset of saying like, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to hang in and that's great. Hanging is great, but I'm just going to wait this out. I know I'm really stressed. I know I'm feeling really overwhelmed, but I'm just going to wait it out and like wait till this is over. And then I'm going to figure out what kind of support I need. I understand right now it's really hard for me to do the kind of self-care or self-support that I used to. My pool is closed. I'm stuck at home. I don't have the access to do the things that I used to to take care of myself. But I also know that I can't put that on hold. So if you are thinking to yourself right now, hey, you know what? I'm just going to wait this out. I am just, I know I'm overwhelmed. I know I'm stressed. You know, I'm getting irritated when those emails are coming through. I'm feeling like, you know, the communication's not going that well. But if you're thinking that you can just kind of hold on, just stay overwhelmed, stay stressed, but you know that it's going to end soon. You know, I would say, and I would check and ask, right? Like, hey, is this a little bit your strategy even before, right? If you are feeling stressed, if you are feeling anxious, if you're feeling overwhelmed at work, is your strategy just kind of, you know, go a little bit harder just isolate and just, you know, just push through, right? I see a lot of people who push through rather than kind of slowing down and checking and seeing, hey, what's the support that I can offer myself in this moment? And I think that that's a really important shift that has to happen because if you're the kind of person who's always powering through anyways, right now is going to be no different. And that's the time when I see clients coming in who are saying like, hey, I really noticed this like in my anxiety. Hey, I'm kind of noticing um, that I'm not feeling that great. And, you know, I have to be honest, right? Like if you have struggled with anxiety or depression in the past, it might have looked like you staying at home, not going to the gym, not wanting to socialize. What we are doing right now to stay safe, if you've ever suffered from any mental health issues, could look very similar. So it's really important at a time like this to think through, hey, how am I going to support myself in this moment? 
I'm not sure how long this is going to last, but what are the things that I need to do to negotiate with my partner around our child or to negotiate with my parents around what kind of support I need in this moment so that I'm not just hanging on to when it somehow gets better. So that is really great. I love that, especially like this concept of pushing through, because I think a lot of times today, people that are motivated, people that are really ambitious do that all the time anyways. So now it's just amplified. So if people were kind of pushing through before, like getting themselves motivated at work, lots going on, it's just amplified right now. So how do you even get started slowing down and figuring out what you need? Yeah, yeah, right. It can feel so daunting because it actually can feel kind of scary to think about like, what does it mean to slow down? What does it mean to have support? And, you know, here's the thing, right? The next thing that I would say is when you start to think about that, you know, really check the kind of fears that come up for you. Because for me, what I noticed is that, you know, when this happened, some of the fears that I had were, oh, like, is my business going to go away? And I was like, hold on a minute. People are in more crisis than ever. Uh, you know, it's been the busiest month I've, I've worked to date. And I had to check myself and say, like, hey, what version of this fear have I been struggling with before? Right. So if your fear has been, hey, if I think about supporting myself, like going into therapy, it might just bring up a whole bunch of stuff and I might feel worse. And it might be just, you know, I might have to slow down and meditate and do all these things. And if that's been a little bit of a, of a fear of going into therapy or thinking about getting support, that's probably going to be no different right now. So when you think about slowing down, right, check and see, or when you think about supporting yourself right now, check and see what kind of fears or anxieties come up for you. And I would ask you to check and see what version of those fears have you struggled with before? Okay, so those fears. And so that's like this fear of like going into therapy and doing like committing, showing up, investing the time. What about some things that you can do that's not going to therapy? Just kind of because maybe some people don't have time. I was talking to someone yesterday who works in construction and they're like, I am on site. I'm still on construction Mm -hmm. is still moving forward. I don't even have time to schedule a 15 minute call. So for people that are in that situation, what can they do? Yeah, completely. So, you know, what I would say is I think one thing that we have to shift is or one thing that we have to include is going from self-care, which looks like looking after yourself physically, mentally, giving yourself a break, you know, having your kid occupied somewhere while you're able to do something and move from thinking of self-care to thinking about self-support. So self-support is something that happens in the moment. And one version of self-support is just checking into seeing what's the sensation in your body. So checking in just to kind of be able to support your body in the moment, you know, really paying attention to if something is happening rather than trying to get rid of it or trying to do anything, just kind of checking in to seeing like, oh, well, I'm noticing that right now. I'm noticing this right now because what I'm saying is, hey, you know, we're going to try and be present for yourself in this moment because usually what happens when you're pushing through is that you're pushing through and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, it's like a, a five alarm panic. So we're wanting to check and slow down to say like, hey, you know, what's the first sign, right? What's the first sign? Is it that your shoulders are getting tense? Is it that your stomach feels a little knotted? Is it that your chest is feeling a little anxious, right? So we want to be able to move to self-support and being able to just slow down into sensation and just see, oh, what's happening? And, you know, hey, like if I were just to check in, like what would this kind of feeling need right now, right? Does it need a little bit of fresh air? Does it need just a little bit of water? So if you can move from thinking about self-care 
and changing that a little bit in this moment of self-support, that might be really helpful. So that's really just what do I need in the next minute, five minutes to kind of get to plow through because then it enables you to kind of sometimes you don't have the choice whether to plow Mm -hmm. through or not. Some people don't. It's that take five minutes, figure out what am I going to take? What's it going to take for me to get through this day or get through this hour, get through this meeting? Um, Another thing I thought was, when you show up with other people. So I know a lot of people right now are learning how to work remotely. For us, we're mm-hmm. used to it. So it's mm-hmm. normal. Um, mm-hmm. It take it absolutely takes adjustment and people don't know how to do it. They feel disconnected. And that anxiety, if you show up with anxiety, and you're not taking care of yourself before you step into that meeting. I know for myself, it's contagious. So it literally just, if there's a meeting of five people, and one person starts off with, from this place of fear and anxiety, it just spreads amongst everybody. So yeah, and you know, this is really good, right? This is really good that you're saying because you're talking about social contagion. And sometimes the instinct can be to like support the other person. But if you haven't done it authentically by supporting yourself first, it can feel almost like you're just trying to control and then be like, hey, this is too much, right? So I really like what you're saying. And you know, sometimes even supporting yourself can be like, hey, what's the support that I need from the environment? So going back to your example of working from home, I've talked to a lot of clients this week and just said things like, hey, you know, I know you're working from your bed today, but you know, maybe you need to like ask your company if they can expense just getting you a desk and a chair, just getting things structurally so that you are actually comfortable rather than just saying like, you know what, I can, I can manage for a little bit. I can manage for a little bit. So moving from I can manage for a little bit to, hey, what would be helpful right now? And can I even just ask for it, right? Maybe your company is going to say, you know, we can talk about it, or we can think about it, or, or but actually a lot of companies are being really helpful in providing that level of support to helping you work from home, right? So then it's just a matter of, can I identify and then ask? I love that. And you can ask. And if you if they do say no, at least it it kind of gets you it opens up your mind to like other possibilities, right? So it's like, okay, right now I'm in my bed. Okay, I'm going to ask for a desk, maybe it's not going to work. But then it's like, maybe I need to clear the kitchen out, move mm-hmm. some stuff to mm-hmm. storage. And then I'm just on the kitchen t- counter and I'm looking mm-hmm. this certain way and having mm-hmm. that ritual so that you're actually set up for success. Completely. Okay, so I, Completely. I'm really curious about um, this fear and anxiety from before I want to, I want you to dive into that a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. I think that is something that really resonated with me and mm-hmm. especially at work. So things like if you had poor performers at work, mm-hmm. if you're worried that they're not, that they weren't doing their job before, that they weren't delivering now mm-hmm. in a crisis situation, it's going to be a thousand times worse. Mm-hmm. Um, how else does that show up in people's lives? So, you know, here's the thing, right? Sometimes when we are impacted by a really big change, it can feel like all of a sudden we're dealing with totally new problems. And the thing that we have to remember is the thing that's constant here is us. So whatever issue you've been struggling to address or struggling to deal with, maybe it's been a loss or maybe you've been kind of unhappy with your work or you've been feeling really overwhelmed. Um, You've been feeling like, you know what, your partner, you, you've been going a little bit nuts over the winter together and now there's no March break there's no vacation coming, you're still cooped up for who knows how long. So all of the things that you've been struggling with previous to this, those things are going to feel intensified. But now it might seem like, oh, this is a new thing, right? This is because of this thing that's happening. And it's really helpful to be able to check your fear and say, hey, you know, like what version of 
was I already struggling with before? If you can identify, right, like what version of this you're already struggling with before, then it's like, oh, okay, at least this is a little bit easier now because this is one of my old problems, right? Maybe my old problem is, you know, I really get irritated with my partner. I'm having a hard time communicating with my team. Or when I get really stressed, I shut down and I just try to plow through. So if you can identify what your pattern is normally or what your what version of your fear is already kind of happening, then it's a lot easier to say, hey, well, what have I done before? Right? Who could I reach out to address this? Or what has helped to cope with this? Because one thing that can feel really paralyzing right now is how big this thing is that we're dealing with. And it can feel like, you know, suddenly these things that are happening or these fears that are happening are new fears and I feel totally helpless to address them. So if you can actually identify what part or what version of this you've already been struggling with before, at least then you can feel, oh, this is an old familiar fear, right? Like I've been, I've been living with this for a while now, you know, my communication is not that great with my partner, right? Is that something that I can kind of address rather than feeling like, oh my gosh, this thing that's happening right now is throwing my whole life out of whack. So I'm sure people being at CoveTap, communication with your partner is showing up right now. I know it's showing up for me. Um, and what if, so it's, if you're talking about it, it being like this thing that existed in the past and now it's more intense, but if you hadn't fully resolved it in the past, what mm-hmm. do you do now that mm-hmm. it's amplified? Yeah. So, you know, like here's the part, right, where you kind of have to be able to say to yourself, right, like what can I do to support myself, right? And first I would say like, get really clear on what you feel like is the issue, right? So for, you know, here's an example. A lot of people right now um, are struggling and facing job insecurity. And you might be feeling really aware of money and feeling really a lot of fear around money and feeling like just knowing that people are losing their jobs, even if you are not actually losing your job, might feel really uh, stressful. And rather than just kind of focusing on that and focusing on like, well, how am I going to manage? What if this happens? What if that happens? Right. I'd like you to actually slow down and say like, Hey, you know, what part of this, right? Have I been struggling with before? And then to check and say like, what has been helpful in the past? Right. And sometimes it can also be helpful to share what you're going through with somebody else. So even if you were talking to your girlfriend and you're just going to say like, Hey, you know, I'm struggling right now with communicating with my partner. Your part, girlfriend might not be able to give you suggestions, but even just being able to verbalize that and have somebody empathize and validate that is so helpful, right? Because then somehow it makes it less big. If your fear has always been around money and feeling like, you know, you're going to run out if you're self-employed, that there's not going to be enough money, that fear is probably going to balloon at a time like this. Right. And that's when you need to be able to reassure yourself and say, like, how have I looked after myself in the past? Even though this is really stressful, what is the fear around this? How could I address this? Right. Is there a group or a community that I could join right now just to support me in this issue? I love that you said just calling a friend and getting it out of your head. Cause I know in coaching school, the one thing they kind of drilled into our heads was sometimes all your client needs is to be seen, heard and understood. And that's mm-hmm. something that we can offer right now. And I think even if Completely. you don't have someone that you trust or you don't have a therapist that you trust um, yet, writing mm-hmm. it down in a journal, like getting it mm-hmm. out of your mm-hmm. head, it legitimizes it and it just stops mm-hmm. the spinning in your head. And sometimes that's all you need to get by, get through the day, get to the next week. 
Yeah, I love that you said journaling, right? Because sometimes when you like when it's stuck in your head, when it's locked in your head, when you have no space outside of yourself, it can feel so much more catastrophic because, you know, we're going back to the social contagion, which is just like, I'm feeling other people's feelings and I don't know how to block it off, right? If, if somebody else is having a really bad day at work because they've had a fight with their partner, you can empathize and be like, yeah, that's awful. And then you can go on your day. But now if someone else is like, hey, you know, I'm worried about the news and you're like, I'm also worried about the news, right? That can really just amplify. So being able to like put things down, put it in your paper, put it in your journal, you can really kind of let it go a little bit. So I'm wondering if that's actually a better solution than trying to find a friend, because I do hear that with the the friend, depending on that friend, they may not be the most empathetic listener, they may be the one that kind of fear mongers and spirals you even more. So I would say like, if you're trying to do something on your own, it might be better to start with journaling. Unless you have a very calm friend that can listen and really just listen to understand, not listen and give advice, not listen and validate your fear and make it worse. Yeah, you know what? I think you, you're bringing up a really good point because the people that we might normally talk to or even not talk to, like our parents or our co-workers or our neighbor, they are also going through some of the same things and we don't know what's triggering for them. We have no idea what might be a trigger for them it, just in terms of, you know, if they've had a recent loss of a parent and they've seen death a little bit close at hand and they haven't really done the work to kind of, you know, work through that, they might be in a place that they're more triggered. So I think it is really helpful to be able to set some, you know, you don't want to set rules, but you want to say like, hey, you know, is it okay? I just want to vent for you, like vent to you for a few minutes. Is it okay if I just do that? And, you know, I, all I really need to hear is just like, yeah, this is hard. And I'm here. And I think also for people listening, that is the best response. So instead of Mm -hmm. trying, because I think we as human beings, we want to help, we want to serve, we want, we don't want our friend to suffer, right? If our friend is dealing with a hard thing, we want to solve it for them. But right now, I think it's just acknowledging that all they really need is to be seen, heard and understood. And so instead of trying to fix, just acknowledge and sit with them in that pain. And that might be the best strategy for if a friend comes to you feeling really stressed out right now is a listen, mm-hmm. just listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, and here's a, here's a therapy tip, right? Um, so, you know, oftentimes, right. When I'm working with a client and they're sharing what's happening for them, you know, before going into like frameworks for how to move this along, cause you know, I don't want anybody to sit in what they're doing indefinitely, right. Cause that's not the kind of therapy I do. It's like, we're going to feel it together. And then we're going to move into, move into a place where you're actually feeling you're in charge. But one of the things that I do do is like, as you're listening to the story, right, you can also like include yourself and say, rather than saying like, I'm also feeling this being like, you know, as you're saying that, right, I can really hear, um, you know, this is like good listening, but I can really hear how stressful it sounds for you. Or as you're listening, right, I can also feel my body get kind of tense, right? So in a way, you don't have to just kind of be a sponge and absorb everything because mm. that's, that's hard, right? Don't do that. But so it's like the active kind of- listening. I know from uh, seven <laughs> habits of highly effective people, it's like the seek first um, to understand and be understood that active listening is yeah. totally what you're talking about. Yeah, completely, right? To be able to slow the other person down and say, hey, you know, like, look, right, like, I don't have any solutions to offer, but is it okay if you just like slow down a sack, right? And like, you just like check on your breathing because it sounds like you're getting, you know, like your breathing is like really changing, right? Like, and I can hear that, right? Like, 
So because it is, right? It is really difficult to not go into solution when that feels like the easy thing to do, or not even easy, but that just feels like you know this is something I can tell the other person, right? And it feels a lot harder to slow slow down, right? So this comes back again to you can only be there for the other person if you have found some ways to self support yourself in this moment, rather than feeling like, hey, you know, when I can go back to the gym again. I'm going to be able to do that. Or when I can like, you know, drop my kids back in daycare, then I will have some space to like think again. So I, okay. So I want to talk about just self-care, self-support and the nitty gritty. Cause I know the word self-care is used to describe a lot of different activities now from doing a face mask to having a Mm -hmm. glass of wine, to meditating, Mm -hmm. to doing yoga, to exercising. There's a Mm -hmm. whole assortment of things that you can do Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is labeled self-care. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that people can do now that work that are not mm-hmm. kind of the Instagram version of self-care, but they're ones that are like really proven to work? Yeah. So, you know, honestly, right now in this moment, when I will frame it as self-support, mm-hmm. being able to, you know, the thing that I'm noticing is that people are having a really hard time shutting off. The lack of routine is causing a lot of stress for people in terms of actually even being able to sleep. So being able to have a little routine before you go to bed, that is, you know, we still have access to um, our phones and we still have access to YouTube, being able to do a little bit of like a mindfulness or a body scan. So mindfulness-based stress reduction has been proven to be so helpful with anxiety, with feelings of stress, to be able to really just calm and manage all kinds of things from pain to, you know, feeling really disjointed and not being able to sleep. So one thing that I would suggest right if that's something that you're interested in is like actually helping your body regulate right now because of this heightened level of stress all around us our body is having a really hard time actually regulating because our you know and honestly it's not even just like all of the news even if you're decided hey you know what i'm going to check in just once a day with the news right the thing is that not having our consistent routines causes a lot of stress on our body So what I would suggest is like, hey, you know, if you are wanting to put some more routines in place right now in this moment, right? It doesn't sound like self-care in a really like, you know, warm and fuzzy way, but actually that's what our brain needs. Our brain needs to be able to say like, yeah, brain needs to be able to say like, hey, this is our reality right now. Because I also saw on social media and like, I know social media is sometimes not great. I did see Mm -hmm. some, especially like I have three kids. So people are posting about what they're doing for their homeschool routine. And I've seen some people with this beautifully laid out table with the schedule down to the 15 minutes. And it can be anxiety inducing to see that rigid of a schedule and that rigid of a routine. So for someone Uh who is like, I'm overwhelmed right now, where do you start so you know, Andrew, with I'm that routine? Stop for just a sec, right? And I'm going to check in with you and say, "Hey, so Andrew, what you're saying, right, is that there's, you there's there can be feelings of overwhelm when you see someone who has their stuff together, right? Their parenting stuff is down." And I would say, "Hey, so check, right? Like, what version of this, right, has also been happening maybe before, right? Where you see other people and their parenting and their schedules, and you're like, how is this person pulling it off? Three kids going to hockey." running their own business right so check right like what version of this right? yes Have you also i been- love that yep it is yep it's totally it's the instagram comparison version and it's like for me i need to shut that down and not and thanks so much for being game right because i totally was like hey you know let's like we're you know i'm just reframing the thing that we were totally talking about before. but you know this is the part right where it's hard to it's easy to miss 
right? It's easy to miss. So, you know, like check in, right? So, you know, the first part, right? If I was saying like self-support is like, hey, you know, maybe this is the time that you think about doing a body scan. You can, you know, John Kabat-Zinn, he's this, he's really respected, uh, Dr. John Kabat-Zinn. And he has these great meditation videos and recordings that you can listen to before going to bed that just kind of help you be in your body. Because the first level of support is like, can you actually just support your body to self-regulate? So just get something... ready for bed. A new, yeah. like a bedtime routine. That is the first step to just kind of yeah. getting back there yeah. and getting that good night of sleep so that you can wake up and start fresh. And yeah, then and it's, it's going to be hard. That's going to be a hard thing to do because your body's like, well, like, I don't have to get up at a certain time tomorrow. I don't have to leave the house at a certain time tomorrow. So like, you know, can I, I've been noticing myself going to bed at like 11, 1130, having a hard time falling asleep because I'm all over the place. Right. So being able to start with that and then also just check, right? Like before going into thinking about, you know, how am I going to do this for my kids or how am I going to do that or all of the things actually sit down and make a list of all the things that you are already committed to right now. So, you know, this is something I'm sure that you do with your clients too, where when someone is feeling really, really overwhelmed at work, we actually ask them to like, say like, Hey, you know, write down all of the job responsibilities that you have right now. And actually let's look and see like, how much time is this taking? How much time is this taking? And then when someone actually does that, maybe they do that for the day or they do that for the week, they realize like, Oh my gosh, that's a lot of stuff that I'm doing. And maybe some of the stuff I don't need to do, or maybe some of the stuff I need to outsource. Right. So I would say do the same thing here where think about what are the things that you already committed to doing? Because right now it can feel like, hey, you know, I can see that there are some opportunities right now. Maybe you, if you've been thinking about a promotion, you can say like, hey, you know, I know that I'm actually really in a good position to be able to offer some leadership, or maybe I'm in a really good position to be able to do this. And it can feel like, oh, I'm not taking advantage of this opportunity. You know, I want you to be able to slow down first, right? And think to yourself like, hey, what are the things that I'm already committed to doing? how much time is that taking? And what are some things I can let go of? Right? So maybe this might be a time where you're saying, Hey, as long as my kids are occupied, they're not watching too much TV, we're going to do this version, right? But I'm not going to suddenly have, have a homeschool down. I love that. So I love that. And that is just and it's really I also was thinking as you were saying that, um, when you called me out on my old fear of comparing <laughs> myself to other parents on Instagram, you know um, is that it happens. And I, we have this value of adventure. That is one of my values. We yeah, like spontaneity. Awesome. We like to not have such a rigid routine. We like to go on yeah. little family adventures and decide at the last minute to do things. And I think when I'm checking back in with myself, as you're saying this, I'm like the reason why the homeschool schedule is now perfect right now is because that value of spontaneity. And if it's sunny out, it was sunny yesterday, we decided Mm -hmm. to go for a bike ride. And today it's a slush storm. So we're not and that is kind of how I roll. And so just by checking in with myself, I realized that like it, it's okay. And so thank you so much for that. That was really powerful, actually. You know what? I really appreciate you being game in the moment, right? Because you could see I was gonna, I was coming at you a little slowly. I was like, "Well, Andrea, if we just sort of slow down." Uh, and you know, like, look, right? Like, because we're talking about about kids, and you know, having a routine is helpful. The other thing too to just acknowledge is that this is, even if you're not sharing that much information with your children, they can feel it, they can sense it, they can just by seeing that you're at home all the time, or that dad's home all the time, or your partner's home all the time. They can feel that something different is happening. So to be able to loosen the rules a little bit, right? If what they need is a little bit more 
more cuddling, a little bit more feeling safe, feeling held, feeling like they can have time with you. That's so much more helpful than feeling like, oh, are they falling behind in math right now? Yeah, totally. And I just before we go, I have one more question. And that is about most people that we've been talking about are people that are not directly affected by this pandemic. They're not Mm -hmm. working in healthcare. Mm -hmm. We're talking about people who need to work from home, navigate that. So what are some tips for people who are working on the front lines who are needing Mm -hmm. to step up and really Mm -hmm. take on the most challenging thing of their careers Mm -hmm. ever? Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. are some things that they can do? Hey, so, you know, again, right, like the the thing that I would like to say is like these people who are working on the front lines, like, thank you, because you're doing this every day. The level of risk that feels scary to us right now, you are taking that level of risk every day with your life and with your family. And right now, it definitely is more heightened. So the thing that I would say is, even though it might seem scary for us, people on the front lines are actually probably better prepared mentally and emotionally to be doing that. Right. The thing, you know, I'm, I'm, it's kind of like I'm evading your question, but actually what I want to reframe and say is for someone like you and me who are not frontline workers, it might seem really scary because you and I have not been to four years of school where all we're really focusing on is how to stay safe and how to keep your patients safe. We don't have that level of training. So it might actually be a lot of fear and, and scariness to think about like, oh, my gosh, what if I had to be there? It's like, hold on a minute. You have no training to be there. So, you know, I know this is not like a, you know, you're asking me, hey, what about those people who are on the front lines? And actually what I want to reframe and say is I'm noticing a lot of fear for people who are saying, like, hey, you know, I'm feeling afraid for my neighbor or my friend who is on the front lines. And the thing that I also want to say is that, yes, of course, it's scary. This is a really scary time. There are really real consequences. But the other thing that I want to also be able to remind you is that these people have a degree training support that is not just happening in this moment they have been preparing to be here for some time now i love that in this moment i would just say thank you to you guys because this is what you've been doing for some time yes i love that and also especially just not bringing the fear up because if you Mm -hmm. i think the risk is actually i love that you reframed that because in I think the default for people in supporting people on the front lines is to say, you know, I am so scared for you. And mm-hmm. and that could actually do the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. And it could mm-hmm. kind of actually make them scared if they are not because we you're mm-hmm. right, we don't know. We're not trained. Mm-hmm. We, we just, no, we're, we're not, not we're not trained. And not even we're not just trained in the technical aspects, but we also don't have the mindset, right? For somebody who is not a teacher, being in a classroom with 30 kids or 25 kids would be a nightmare. It's like, how do you how and it's like, yeah, because you haven't been to school where you haven't learned about assessment and the philosophy and you haven't had the time to put all those things in place. Someone who is at the front lines right now, this is what they have been preparing to do. So in a way, their mindset is a lot stronger. Of course, they need support. Check in with them, offer them support, but also keep in mind that they, you know, check what's your fear, which might not be their fear. So see what ways that you can support them by empathizing, listening, you know, offering if they need something dropped off or done for them, right? whatever the thing might be, offer them support, but don't share your fears because that is maybe not really even helpful. I love that. Just recognizing that your fears are different from other people's fears. I think that's really powerful. So Aluthia, I like to end my podcast with asking the guests to share something that listeners can do within 24 hours after learning something new. So what is something that people can do either today or tomorrow to just 
start that self-support routine. Mm-hmm. Hey, so the first thing right, would be like, what is the stuff that you're putting off that you feel like, hey, once this, o- this is over, I will start this, right? So maybe it's like doing your morning yoga. Maybe it's making time to have tea or doing some meditation or a body scan at night. So see what kind of self-support you can put in place right now. And then do a fear check, right? If you are feeling stressed out about your team, stressed out about your promotion, if you are feeling fear, check and see what version of that have you been struggling with before this happened? And check and see like, you know, what was the plan before? Can you still stick to that plan? Or do you need a, a, a little bit of a, you know, a different scenario there? I love that. Thank you so much for that. And if people want to learn more about you, how do they do that? So you can check out my website. I am taking on new clients. It's opamenta. I'm sure you'll have a link. Yeah, just spelled. Yeah, yeah. So it's opamenta.ca. I'm completely online. I really enjoy being able to support people right now because you. I have seen right now clients who are thriving, who are able to do things that might seem really scary because they have been putting in the support in place before this happened. I love that. So thank you so much for this interview. I learned a lot and I think and I'm, I can't wait to share it with everybody. Thank you so much. Hi there. Before you go, I was wondering if I could ask you a huge favor. Can you click on iTunes and give the podcast a five-star review and also a comment? This would mean the world to me. It also helps us to spread the word about the podcast and attract higher profile guests. We want to be able to deliver thought leadership around diversity inclusion every single week and having more reviews on iTunes will help us to do that and help us to keep the show going for free for you. So please head to iTunes right now, give us a five-star review and leave us a comment. Thanks so much. 